0: You are listening to the Next Best Picture Podcast, and this is our review of Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man Tell No Tales. Pirates
1: had infected the seas for generations. So I vowed to eliminate them all. And then, there was this boy. Jack Sparrow. Follow him in! He took everything from me
0: and filled me with rage. Alright everyone, you were just watching the trailer for Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales, and the story is as follows. Thrust into an all-new adventure, a down-on-his-luck Captain Jack Sparrow feels the winds of ill fortune blowing even more strongly when deadly ghost sailors, led by his old nemesis, the evil Captain Salazar, escape from the Devil's Triangle. Jack's only hope of survival lies in seeking out the legendary Trident of Poseidon, but to find it, he must forge an uneasy alliance with a brilliant and beautiful astronomer and a headstrong young man in the British Navy. The cast is starring Johnny Depp, Javier Bardem, Brenton De Waits, Kewa Skoldelario, I hope I'm saying that right, Kevin McNally, and Jeffrey Rush. It is directed by Joachim Ronning and Espen Sandberg, and written by Jeff Nathanson. Joining me for this review, I have... Kristen Lopez.
1: Hello, everybody.
0: Kristen, as we discussed on our podcast episode uh, for episode 39, you had mentioned that you had seen the first Pirates of the Caribbean film how many times in theaters? 16. And that's like a personal record for you, right? Yep. (laughs) Yeah. I remember seeing it in the theater twice. Uh, I wasn't old enough to drive and buy my own ticket. Uh, I probably may have seen it maybe a a couple more times than that because it's just such a fun Time, you know, watching that first uh, film, Curse of the Black Pearl. Um, we also had talked about our disdain for the movies as they kind of went along. Um, I-, I like Dead Man's Chest. I don't love it. I, I d- certainly don't hate it. Um, At World's End, I think, has a fantastic score by Hans Zimmer. Um, some really, really standout moments sprinkled throughout, but that movie is a mess. And On Stranger Tides was, in my opinion, just god-awful you you're kind of in the camp of all three of those are god-awful right i've
1: seen each of the sequels once in the theater Mm, okay and i have never seen them since um i just didn't
0: feel the urge right i
1: i i don't i remember not liking any of them i remember the last one the most because that's the one i've seen most recently and i remember just being flat out bored with it
0: yeah yeah
1: so so, honestly I've had no impetus to see any of the original the the sequels um the first film I think is a, a perfect movie in a lot of ways um it came out at just the right time when the swashbuckler and Disney ride films had kind of come and gone and it's a great encapsulation of you know Errol Flynn movies and the classic old Hollywood aesthetic Mind you, I knew none of that when I saw it at fifteen. Literally, I, I saw Orlando Bloom and I said, "Holy shit, what is that? And where where do I get one?" Um, so, <laughs> so that kind of is the reason I saw it so many times. Um, the, essentially, the fifteen year old girl within me and all that that implies was like, "This is my new favorite thing." Um, so, yes,
0: you call an Orlando Bloom a thing? I right, come on, he's a he's a man for God's sake.
1: He was a thing <laughs> to me in fifteen at uh, fifteen. Okay. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, essentially, he was, uh, back in the day, children, before we had Oscar Isaac, Uh, we had Orlando Bloom. Absolutely. Quality of acting varying wildly between those two.
0: (laughs) Well, now we have, uh, the fifth film in the series called Dead Men Tell No Tales. Um, it is being released several years after the last film on Stranger Tides. And, oh my god, this is, um, this is a poor, poor, poor movie. Um... I am officially declaring the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise dead, and I hope they tell no more tales. Kristen, what do you think?
1: You know, this is the encapsulation of beating a dead horse until it is beaten to a pulp. Yes. These these movies should have ended at three. Yes. There was no reason to go beyond three. It The was story a nice, was over. The story was over. The characters had been set, cemented. Gore Verbinski's Directorial prowess Was not quite in doubt But you know It was starting to get there Uh, But you know what though
0: Like compared to these Last two films He looks like a Goddamn genius With those first three movies Yeah
1: Yeah Exactly Um, This one is just A mess And it's not a mess In terms of how it looks It looks beautiful
0: Mm, But uh, it's a mess I would question that
1: I I thought the Underwater photography Was really pretty At least it, it Popped very well In 3D Um, which I usually don't notice because I'd never pay for 3D. So that was kind of the only plus I could give it. Um, And it doesn't feel nearly, it doesn't feel as long as the the previous Verbinski one. It's the
0: shortest of the entire series. Exactly. 129 minutes.
1: But not only do I think, I'll, I'll preface this. The first film to me worked so well because many of the people that saw it who were in their young teenage years you know there's a lot to be said for the nostalgia of a film post 9-11 before the 2010s because there was still a need to provide some type of entertainment that was light and frivolous again hearkening back to the classic movie making mentality but that still retained a decent script this not only do you lose that nostalgia because none of the original characters outside of Johnny Depp are present, but nobody is trying. This no. is the the sloppiest slapdash where's my paycheck movie. I've I've seen in a long time. You can see everybody practically sitting in their chair counting how many how much they're making per minute of being in this movie.
0: We don't even get a good Freaking score out of it. I mean, Hans Zimmer isn't doing the music, and you know the only memorable uh, musical moments are the moments that are uh, harken back to his score for um, the second and third film. And I also understand that he, I think, co-wrote the score for the first film, but um, that he didn't. He wasn't the primary composer for that. And the Pirates of the Caribbean films have some of the most memorable music, I would say, outside of Lord of the Rings in you know the modern day age of uh, cinema. You know, it, that theme is iconic at this point, I would argue, um, and, and like that, even that, like I said, you know, going back to what you're saying about it, how it just this just feels so passionless, you know it's like you have an easy job here with the music to just provide that um sense of lightness that that, that escapism factor and it can't even do that there's like not a single memorable tune nor note um visually i had problems with this film visually i i felt that you know as i'm looking at for example um some of the makeup work on some of the people in this movie I'm saying to myself, Gore Vibinsky's makeup work on those first three films is so much more intricately detailed. The sets were more detailed. The cinematography was better. It's like, I can't even make the argument that the visual effects have even gotten any better. Uh, There was that... um, scene like where the ships are on fire like in the ocean and i'm like this just doesn't look good the only effect that looked good was javier bardem and his crew um they looked good visually speaking um i mean let me ask you this question D- like what would you think of bardem you know in this uh, ultimately as the villain captain salazar
1: my issues with this movie stem towards pacing and script and that extends towards character you have, and again, I, I have to bring up the first film when I compare because they show both why this movie is so poor and why the first movie worked so well. Barbosa as a character had a history, there was a mythos to his, there was a very tight, narrow reason for why he was involved in this film. Most of what this movie hinges on, and it hinges on everything, is coincidence. And they try to make a big bullshit proclamation that it's all destiny and fate. No, it is coincidence. It is the screenwriters sitting in a corner being like, oh, crap. How do we get this guy? Um, Well, we'll just make it a coincidence. Nobody's going to give a shit. So Javier Bardem's character, which I thought of at least five different ways they could have integrated his story into Captain Jack's past in a way that made sense. You know, not to connect, but, you know, Javier Bardem's wife was in the last goddamn movie. Couldn't we tie that together? <laughs> um, you know, just a thought. Um, he had no purpose for being in the story. They give you a really shoehorned in back, you know, a flashback to why he's hunting Jack Sparrow that makes very tenuous connection. It's essentially like he's a pirate, I'm after him. Yeah. Well, we had that character with Commodore Norrington in the first film and he was integrated within the narrative. This is almost like Javier Bardem's character stumbled upon something and just decided that he was going to do it. Um, So I thought he had no motivation. I thought he was an unrealized villain. A big issue that I had with him specifically is that I'm thinking he got paid by the word because half of his dialogue is just saying Sparrow to himself. Um, Which just started to become annoying, especially because I don't know if the sound mix on my movie was off or if he was just mumbling, but I couldn't understand half his dialogue. Um, I was just I I, by the time things get to this denouement, I he was a he was a no good better than a Marvel villain. You know, he's bad. He's bad, he must be vanquished, that's it. You know, he doesn't have any of the history or weight of any of the past villains.
0: Yeah, I mean, Davy Jones um, was a really, really fascinating villain in the, in the whole series, I felt, enough that they were able to carry him over into the third film as uh, the primary villain again. Um, it It boggles my mind that they are literally... Literally resting upon formula here. Oh, we're going to just have uh, Javier Bardem be betrayed uh, by Captain Jack, uh, ouced by him, so to speak, and he'll be cursed. And, oh, by the way, this is only for like the last, you know, uh, let's just say a couple years or so. You know, I don't know how, how old Captain Jack Sparrow is supposed to be. Let's say he's in his 40s or something like that. You know, so let's just say hypothetically, you know, Captain Salazar has been cursed for like 30 years or something. Which, by
1: the way, there is no sense of time in this movie.
0: Oh, no, absolutely not. Um, And we'll get we'll get to that in a minute because I think I know what you're referencing there. But Javier Bardem is cursed for 30 something years. He certainly knows how to hold a grudge. Well, you know what? Newsflash for you people. Captain Barbosa was cursed as well. And that was for presumably what was a shorter amount of time. And he was
1: still getting stuff done, like, outside of being, holding the grudge.:
0: Yeah, and he's a much more compelling uh, villain. And, I would even argue, he's the most compelling character still in this whole damn franchise. Which is why, when the third act occurs in this movie, and there is a reveal... Uh, a character arc, I guess, is that what you would call it? I don't know what you would call it. And then um, his final scene in the movie, I just was like, you literally took the best character in the whole series in Captain Barbosa because J- Captain Jack Sparrow is a shell of, of his former self at this point, um, and you literally, literally t- killed it and destroyed it for all of us. I... I'm not gonna I won't
1: spoil it right away because we we wanna do spoilers later. But I will say if you've seen another Disney movie that came out this year, the screenwriters for this read the script for that and said we're just gonna do all that on a boat. I'm not kidding. It's the same fucking twist.
0: God. Oh god. Yeah,
1: and well I'll I'll throw it out there when we actually get to spoilers. But I saw that and I wrote, Okay, so it's just this again that's awesome the problem is i saw that fucking three weeks ago so you might not want to remind me all
0: right well let's talk about something that we can talk about here and that is um some aspects of the story dead men tell no tales uh once again proves that on stranger tides uh does not need to exist except for um the character arc of captain barbosa which does carry over from the fourth film. fourth um, In that this movie centers around uh, Henry Turner, the son of William Turner, uh, played by by, uh, Kristen's uh, late husband, Orlando Bloom. And here, Henry Turner, his quest is to free his father from the Curse of the Flying Dutchman. So he's looking for Poseidon's trident. Then you have um, another positive aspect of the movie, I would argue. Um, The character of... Katrina, played Karina. by Kea. Karina or Katrina? It's Karina. Whatever. Okay. There's, she, she's a good character. I couldn't get her name right, but trust me when I say that she's a decent character in this Is movie. Is she? Uh, I, I, let, let me tell you. <laughs> I, oh, okay. Well, let me tell you this. I don't think she's great, but I think she's decent, um, as opposed to Henry Turner, who literally, literally... Does not radiate the same amount of charisma as William Turner uh, did in the first film. I mean, they're supposed to be the new Will and Elizabeth, right? For this generation. To
1: replace the last Will and Elizabeth from the last movie, because I thought that was supposed to be Mermaid Girl and Sam Claflin.
0: Yeah, so they're literally trying to uh, capture lightning twice here. Uh, he is as wooden as they come in terms of uh, his acting ability. And it's though as if they just plucked him out of obscurity just due to his pretty face. And they expect that to be enough for us. Or maybe for the 15-year-old girls in us. I don't know.
1: Um, I was going to say no. Not even a 15-year-old girl is going to give Breton Thwaites uh, the time of day. I don't know. He's one of many actors. I, I don't get why we're trying to make him a thing.
0: Yeah, he was
1: horrible in Gods of Egypt. He makes uh, horrible decisions. Oh He's God. a horrible actor. Stop making him a thing. Oh okay, my God. if y'all think Scott Eastwood is shitty, look at this kid because <laughs> Scott Eastwood could win an Oscar compared to this guy. Yeah. Um but I called. I kept calling him Discount Jared Padalecki the entire movie. Um, <laughs> he had that stupid look on his face. Yeah. Um, so
0: wait, what I'm gonna say about Kea really quickly is that. She is saddled with poor dialogue and really forced plot mechanics in this movie, but I think what she brings to the role, I found her to be um, the most fun person to watch in this movie. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, I guess if you didn't, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I, the two of them I thought were total sitcom characters. You know, uh, Henry Turner is essentially like the cousin Oliver. You know how when a show jumps the ship and they bring back an obscure relative? Or they have, you know, like the new child? That's essentially Henry Turner.
0: (laughs) It's crazy cousin Henry. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah,
1: exactly. You know when Boy Meets World got that new sibling? That's him. Um, So you have him who has no motivation other than I want to rescue my dad. And again, no timeline, so with the movie opens with him as a small child and then jumps forward nine years, which would mean he was about, what, 19? 20?
0: Sense of time, like you said, I have no idea. He could be 16,
1: he could be 25, I don't really know. So, let's just say that when father and son do meet, Orlando Bloom looks exactly the same age, and that man has aged well. Um, He doesn't age. (laughs) Exactly, he's immortal. So... You know, the other, the the girl um, who was Catherine in Andrea Arnold's Wuthering Heights, which was not a movie I enjoyed, um, she's fine, but my problem is, is that She's essentially Sienna Miller in Casanova. That mm. I'm a girl who wants to be given respect in a in a man's world.
0: Uh, How about her life? They all think she's a witch and they're trying to kill her.
1: <laughs> well, exactly. And I thought that that would have been interesting if the movie didn't punctuate all of that with stupid, lechy jokes. There's yeah. a scene where Johnny Depp is like... She's, you know, taking her, her dress off to jump in the water. And mind you... Captain Jack's character was always kind of bordering between flirtatious and sexual harassment with uh, Elizabeth, but that had some sort of charm in it. In this, there's a scene where this girl, again, she could be 15, she could be 27, I don't really know, there's no ages discussed here, um, which again becomes a severe problem in the third act, but she's taking her bodice off and he's like, no, let her strip more, we need to look at it, or... The extended gag about whatever I forget the word she's trying to say, not horticulturist, but it's got whore in it. And yeah. there's a ten minute gag reel of these guys be talking about the benefits of whores.
0: Yep. Yeah. You know,
1: and I and I'm like, that really underscores the entire reason her character should be compelling—they've tried
0: pedestrian dialogue. Yes. is what it really comes they, down and, to. And
1: the pirates movies has all have always flirted with being really bad at writing women. Remember Anna Maria in the first films, Zoe Saldana? Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, that was a character that could have gone somewhere if they hadn't just you know removed her for no reason. Um, but here, you know, she's the only female of note in this movie, and everything boils down to. Let's sexualize her, and yeah, and let's give her daddy issues, you know? Really?
0: Well, I, do, you, do you think that's also because, um, and, I, and I'm sorry for cutting you off, but I also, I'd like to kind of like maybe throw it both ways and say, not to say that he, he, Henry Turner, has like a strip scene, and you know, you see his abs or anything like that, but I just feel they're both such like terrible characters on the page.
1: They are, but they are, but his issues aren't reliant on his gender
0: no 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 uh, it's more reliant on but it is but it is reliant on the fact that he's good looking and i would and i would disagree that i don't no, no. then like what i'm saying is that the executives are like preying upon the audience to look at him and say oh he's good looking so i'm going to instantly like him because isn't that ultimately why the two characters end up liking each other other than their daddy issues that they both share
1: I would agree with that if the camera made more emphasis on like random close-ups on his face or other ways of mm. conveying that he's supposed to be seen as pleasing to the eye. Th- Maybe it's nothing... just my own
0: perception of it. Yeah, then, there's there's know? really
1: nothing there that I noticed that implied you know that you that we were supposed to be looking at him in a sexual manner. Whereas all the male characters, and again, she's the Smurfette in this movie. You know, all the characters have to comment about something related to her having sex specifically, which just
0: yeah, that was, is true they, was everyone my issue. comments how like she's beautiful and yeah, no, I get it i I, I totally get it. and like I was saying before, it, it very much upset me because they're also. They're trying to like portray her as like more than that by making her an astronomer yeah, and, making and her exactly. smart
1: Exactly. You can't you can't write a character that I don't want you to look at me this way, but then have other characters rem- comment specifically about that and she does nothing more than like roll her eyes or be like, "Oh, you guys." Yes. That that was my big problem.
0: Like I said, it's poorly done on the page, but I thought that her performance in terms of...
1: She's a better like, actress uh, than, than practically everybody in this movie. Th-
0: that's what I'm saying. Like, there was something about her that I was particularly drawn to and how, like, her... She came off as, like, feisty and full of energy and, you know, something that I just felt like everybody else seemed to be lacking in this a lot. You know, the, the movie didn't have, like, bite to it, you know? Um, Even, like, Javier Bardem, he's got blood coming from his mouth, for goodness sake, you know? And I'm just like, eh, You know, as I'm watching this, Um, but Jeffrey Rush, though, Um, for me, in this movie, he's like Johnny Depp, a shell of his former self. Um, He's nowhere near as good as he was in the previous movies. Um, The caricature stuff has really just gotten old, you know, like when he does the the head lean in with the eyes and showing the teeth and, you know, when he says like certain phrases and he like holds them out and whatever. Um, It's just kind of like run its course for me. But yet there was still something about it, unlike Johnny Depp, where I was still kind of um, I was still kind of into what Jeffrey Rush is doing with this character
1: see I I disagree I I found every one of these characters to be horribly written. the okay. acting is passable. Uh, Jeffrey Rush's character irritated me the most again because the plot line borrows from a movie that Disney just put yes.
0: out. yes oh yeah no 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 I totally understand that
1: that, that too. was my big issue was there's no not no nothing new to that character. there's nothing yeah um
0: well there is something well but... there's
1: something but it's something really stupid
0: it's so stupid uh, the other thing too I want to also comment on with this movie uh, you know we talked about the runtime. we talked about how this movie just on a technical level just doesn't compare to the other films
1: can we say that the can we discuss pacing real
0: quick yeah, I mean for for a lean movie in terms of like I said, just 9 minutes over 2 hours and it being the shortest film of the franchise. The pacing is
1: atrocious. I'm
0: amazed by that. <laughs> I was amazed.
1: I it's it's two which the original film is is just over 2 hours, 2 hours. It's and like f- 2
0: hours and like 16 minutes 16 or something minutes. like that.
1: 16 minutes. And I kept thinking about the beats from the first movie in comparison with this one. And the the first pirates tells a story that feels plotted, you never are in doubt that these screenwriters are trying to figure out where they're going in the moment. And there is an, there is a, a large portion of that first act spent in one location, but once it starts moving, there's always something happening in terms of the story. The problem with this is that the screenwriter said, we're just gonna interpret that As we're going to actually have things literally move. Because then that means that stuff is happening. So, at a certain point, I looked at my friend and I said, how long has this movie been going on? And we were like, probably about 30 minutes. They hadn't even left the main location that they were in. The pacing on this, a lot of stuff happens. But it's nothing that moves them forward in terms of progressing the story. There will be extended action scenes. There is an action scene that takes up about 15 to 20 minutes of screen time in this movie. Where it's just the equivalent of a fidget spinner. You, you know, you just have characters moving from A to B, jumping on stuff. Have buildings move. And that will stand in in place of actual plot progression. And that happens all the time in this movie.
0: Literal buildings move. Literal buildings right. she's move. She's not yes. she's not kidding people. Um that that's another thing I want to just talk about too. Um there's not a single set piece in this movie that got me excited, um held my attention. I thought the action was poorly choreographed. I You know what this felt like to me? Um this is a perfect perfect summary uh for everything I think that is that I've been talking about. This is literally the definition in quotation marks of the following phrase, the continuing adventures of Captain Jack Sparrow, because what that says to me, that phrase right there, that says to me that this is like a continuing series of films. Um, where the pieces are not adding up to a satisfying whole or conclusion like the first three films did. What 4 and 5 feel like is they feel like standalone films that should have either went direct to video. Um, even though obviously I know the budget doesn't scream that or it just feels like it's um like a TV uh a TV movie that was that was put out because maybe the you know, if season got canceled or something like that. This is like something that. that would
1: have played on the wonderful world of Disney in two parts <laughs> over, you know, a series of time, and it would have been fine. You brought up the set pieces, and again, to compare to the first movie, the first film set, it, it, and again, I'm sure the budget has only grown between the first film and this, uh, but yeah. that that film looked like the a small island town you know, in Jamaica or something. Buildings very close together, a sense of confinement. Here, it feels like a set. It really feels like a set, unless they're on the boats, which I'm sure were on water, you know, in a tank somewhere. But that first, you know, hour when they're actually in town, it looks like a set. There's Everything is perfectly plotted, spaced proportionately, because, again, you're moving a building in that opening action scene, so you have to be able to make room it, it looks like a set.
0: All right. Yeah. No, I oh
1: do. We want to talk about Johnny Depp real quick.
0: I don't know what there is to talk about. I mean, if you got something to say, by all means, say it, but I'm, I'm just going <laughs> to say that he, it is so clear that he has no passion um, and no effort that he wants to put into this. And to make a comparison to the first film where that seemed like Captain Jack Sparrow was kind of like improvising his situations moment by moment and. Um, here, everything just feels like it's so heavily tel- telegraphed and pre-written down on a script page. It doesn't feel organic. It doesn't feel like a real authentic performance. It literally feels like, hey, Johnny Depp, do that Captain Jack Sparrow thing.
1: Where, where I thought in the first film that Johnny Depp was doing a really great job of acting drunk, I think he did this movie drunk. Like, literally. I think he was just soused. And I'm pretty sure he did this to pay his wine tab. Um, because we all know he needs the money. So for me, yeah, a lot of the charm, and again, part of my issues with the movie is the fact that Johnny Depp is officially a garbage person, um, whether y'all want to admit it or not. Um, And the movie makes such an attempt to both make him pleasing to women... And make him, like, have an awareness that they know he's an asshole. There are jokes made in this movie that I was sitting there thinking, the screenwriters know Johnny Depp's a dick? Like, did they have a bad experience? Because there are several jokes that feel like they're making fun of him. Like, knowingly making fun of of what a horrible human being he is. And I was like, okay... I'm very confused by how we're supposed to interpret that character. Um, There's no charm. There's no energy. Again, much like with Javier Bardem, Johnny Depp's character is introduced to us and starts talking, and I know he's supposed to be acting inebriated, but I could not understand a goddamn word he said for about 20 minutes. And I I was sitting there thinking, they couldn't have had him do that again. Is he just one take at this point, and we don't let him do anything (laughs) else? um it was it was almost sad to see like that was where we were at it was just sad watching somebody who obviously did not want to be there but needed to be there kind of pretend and that's what it ultimately felt like it felt like he was pretending
0: <sighs> i think he just like broke my heart <laughs> you want to move into spoilers Spoiler, yes all right, let's move into spoilers. Skip ahead to the end to hear our final thoughts, grades out of 10, and Oscar potential. It's <laughs> having spoilers.
1: That's funny, Oscar potential.
0: <laughs> you want answers? I think I'm entitled. You to. want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. All right, you want to start? Um I, I feel like every time we jump in the spoilers, I usually just scream out loud like what the big spoiler is and we just go off that. But let's uh let's break it up a little bit here. What do you want to talk about?
1: Daddy issues part two.
0: Yeah. <laughs> this whole movie has daddy issues.
1: All the all the problems that I had with this movie, I had with Guardians of the Galaxy part two.
0: Oh. I yeah. like that movie still.
1: Uh, I don't hate... I, I like that way more in comparison to this. And this movie stole that movie's plot. Um. So, yeah. I, do you want me to throw out the, the twist? Do it. Uh, okay, so we find out that Captain Barbosa is the father of Karina. And... Okay, let's break that down because we have... I had some questions. A... Again, all of this is predicated on coincidence. She has a ma- she has a diary from Galileo because Galileo charted where this island was. It makes about as much sense as Christopher Columbus having that stupid apple thing in Assassin's Creed, okay? It makes about as much sense. But she has this diary. She says her father gave it to her. She has no memory of her father and Barbosa looks at it for about 10 seconds, puts 5 and 12 together and comes up with a 100 and says, I'm your dad! And, okay, Jeffrey Rush, not to be unkind, is how old?
0: Yep, we're getting back into the time problem again.
1: He's over 60. I'm not... He's over 60. This girl, again, could be 14, could be 30. I don't really know, but she looks young. So, what point did he have a child? What point did he bed a woman? Um, That's what I want. That's question A. If question A is a long time ago, over 20 years ago, then he would have still been cursed from the events of the first movie. No, the first movie told us that he can't enjoy, they couldn't enjoy life. Um, So like they couldn't eat, enjoy the taste of food and they couldn't, um, you know, drink stuff. So sex was essentially just like nothing. They could have it but there was no enjoyment. So apparently his bodily functions were still working enough to bear a child? I should not have to think about John, Jeffrey Rush's penis, okay, in a movie. I should not have to, but I am. So that was my big qu- problem, is that in the context of the film's mythology, it it made no sense.
0: Yeah, um, you pretty much just hit the nail right on the head completely. Um, I also felt that they they felt it was worthy like giving Jeffrey Rush this character arc was worthy enough that it would be the right moment to end the character and that is what really truly upset me um, because it does happen so forcefully it comes out of nowhere it doesn't make sense and you're gonna have that be the note that he goes out on he goes
1: out like yondu Essentially, he is Yondu in Guardians. That whole ending is is Yondu.
0: Jesus Christ! It literally like, it just like hit me as you.
1: Said it. <laughs> yeah, my friend and I looked at each other at the exact same time. We both said, "Didn't we just see this? This is Yondu at the end of Guardians."
0: This is terrible right now. Yeah, I am.
1: And and, and let's not let's not just to just dis- go a step further again the entire movie is predicated on coincidence Jeffrey rush makes a random throwaway sentence about finding treasure and his uh, little Oracle girl says something about treasure and when he finally sacrifices himself he calls her what treasure a that that that's a word man that that's not a term of endearment that's uh, something of value. I mean, okay, I'm not going to get into the whole, you know, you're equating a woman to ha- to having a certain value because it's supposed to be a father-daughter thing, but she doesn't know that. So really, um, secondary, you should not make, if it's supposed to be a grand cathartic moment, have a word that could easily be confused with like 18 different interpretations. It should be a little bit more, you know, because sp- if you forgot either of those lines, it means nothing and again, to throw out a movie that we already saw, it's essentially the Stardust moment in Rogue One. Fuck. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, why am I remembering movies I didn't like? The
0: the, the funny thing to me is, um, as I'm listening to you like say this, um, I'm 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 reminded about how. <sighs> You know, you were saying you were comparing it to some Disney movie before, and I'm in my in the back of my mind, I'm like, what movie could she be referring to? What movie could she be referring to? And now that you're saying it, I'm like, oh my god, she's right.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, it almost leads me to believe that the screenwriters of all these movies were like, I'm really fried this weekend, guy. What are you working on? I'm working on Pirates. What are you working on? Guardians. I'm working on Rogue One. You know what? Want to just like swap scripts and then we'll all read them and we'll all come up with endings. <laughs>
0: That is horrifyingly accurate. I think that's exactly what happened.
1: (laughs) I would love to be invited to. I'm sure somebody will tell me that that's a real thing because it it felt like a real thing.
0: (laughs) It felt like a real thing to me, too, as I was watching it. Now that you've uh, put it in perspective like that. Hey, uh, I'm going to ask for everybody else's opinion on that. What do you guys think? Do you think Kristen's on the money here or no? (laughs) By all means, please feel free to let us know. I mean, she'll be sure to disagree with you otherwise. (laughs) Do you have any final thoughts? Great out of 10. Um, I'm sure the Oscar potential is zero.
1: Um, so final thoughts. I love the first movie, much like the Terminator franchise. I love the first movie. You can stop making sequels. It's OK. No, nobody has to hurt you anymore, pirates. OK, we, we don't need another one. It can just end. You know, I, I'm good. I don't need another one. The first movie, maybe it wasn't ever meant to be recreated because it came out at such a right time in my life and and who I was, and I've, I've grown apart from you now. And now we just both need to move on, get on with our lives and never let this happen again. Like that's where I'm at. I hated this movie. <laughs> um, I, I, there was no reason to justify its existence. There's no Oscars and I'm giving this uh, a four out of 10. <laughs>
0: That is a very, very generous score.
1: I thought about going three, but I figured, yeah, you know.
0: May I ask why uh, a four? Is it nostalgia?
1: I, I was not bored. In terms of my, my thought process, when I get boredom, I judge it usually whether my mind starts to wander and I have to actually focus and whether I start fidgeting. Like, you know, I'll bite my nails or I'll play with my hair or something. And that's usually kind of like the, the levels that we go on. This movie, I didn't have to remind myself to focus. Because I was so just flummoxed by the balls on this sloppy script. That I kept sitting there thinking, no, I was focused on how horrible it was. And just how slow. So I was not bored and and irritated to the extent that i thought if that makes sense
0: it does it does um it does okay cool um this movie sucks this movie is probably the worst in the series i don't know because i've never seen stranger tides since it stranger first came tides, out Stranger Tides
1: again it was just boring it was long and boring.
0: But I would argue that this is boring, too. Not as long, obviously, but... Yeah, there there, are... Emo- so, oh, it's not the worst film I've seen this year, so it's not a 1 out of 10, um, but the redeemable factors are very few and far in between for me. Uh, man, I don't know where you get your kick from watching this movie unless if you just want more of the same and you want an unmeaningful storyline, and I, I just... I don't know anymore who they're making these movies for, except for children, um, is what it comes down to. So, as a result, I'm giving this a 2 out of 10. Oscar potential is a 0, and the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise can literally sink to the bottom of the Caribbean and never, ever come back up to the surface, for all I care. I have the box set, Blu-ray, of the first three films. I'm very, very happy with it.
1: I have the first one on DVD, and I'm content (laughs)
0: <laughs> leave us the fuck alone.
1: <laughs> it was great to see Orlando <sighs> Bloom again. Like, he looked good. Put him in oh. some more stuff. I'd be okay with that. Jesus. And I'm not just saying that because he was on a wakeboard naked with Katy Perry and I know what he's bringing to the party, but put him in more movies. I'm okay with this.
0: I also want to mention too, um, as you're talking about Orlando Bloom, we also did not bring up another spoiler, um, which we're not going to now because we're out of spoilers, but there was another moment at the very, <laughs> very end of this movie that got my theater really excited and I was just like, really?
1: No, that's where I started laughing, laughing so loudly because I'm not kidding, this this person, and it's in the trailer, you can find out who it is. Oh, this it person, is? Oh, I didn't yeah, know it's that. in the trailer. Um, this person walks by, literally walks through, has her, I'm surprised she didn't have her hand out to collect her paycheck and walks off. She does not speak words.
0: Terrible absolutely terrible. Yeah. A disservice to us all.
1: I'd like to think that she got the Julia Roberts like six million for five seconds check.
0: Fuck me. That's insane.
1: That would be great. I, I would actually be okay with that because she deserves wow. it.
0: <laughs> Woo. All right. Well, Kristen, where can they find you on the internet?
1: I am on Twitter at journeys underscore film.
0: And you can find me at Next Best Picture. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to our review of Pirates of the Caribbean Dead Men Tell No Tales. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Google Play, Stitcher, and Player FM. Be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. We really appreciate it. And we will see you all next time.